following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to Normal Goes a Long Way. I'm your host, Jill Devine, and this is actually part four of our conversation with Brandon Janice. So we are picking up from where we left off last week and finishing the conversation this week. We have 45 days. We got to go get it done. And so for 45 days, minus the weekends, from um, 7 a.m. when the kids got on the bus to 2.52 when they get off the bus, I wrote. And it was the most enjoyable 45 days. I had so much fun. And I remember getting to that last chapter. I knew it was going to be the last chapter. Uh, my time was running up. And uh, and I, I, I finished it. And I was so sad, Jill. I'm like, what am I going to do now? This mm-hmm. is so much fun and healing. And, um, it was just beautiful. It was a beautiful time for me. Um, and it's, and it's, and it happened and we got it done in 45 days and, um, just thrilled about the, the entire process. But that was one of the things Rachel made me promise that I'd get it done. And so I don't know that anyone will read it, Jill, I did not promise her that people would read it, but I promised her I'd get it done and, and myself and the kids have a book and they're, they're as thrilled as I am about it. Well, you are going to have multiple readers, myself included in that. So don't you worry about that. Uh, like I'm going to go back to Bob Goff. So he is so big in the Christian world. And how the heck did you get that meeting? Because that's huge. Yeah. So actually, he, he holds um, writers retreats um, in his California and on a whim, it was November of 21. Yeah, November of 21. Um, a couple of weeks before it was going to happen, I just decided I had to do it. I because I was kind, I was just stuck. I had the the RV season. I had the sick season. I had even the death season. And some of where I am today, um, and I just couldn't figure out if there was something there. If I was wasting my time, I, you know, I just needed to go. Um, Go see. And so it was, I, I promise you, it wasn't even anything from the, the retreat. It wasn't, it wasn't anything he said from stage or, you know, the writing things we talk about. It was sitting around a campfire with him and I explained my story. And um, he said, man, he said, the best part is like I was talking about the RV season. And he said, you have the middle of your book and most mm-hmm. people struggle with the middle, but you've already written the middle. The middle words are already there. We got a bookend it right, and um, and so I left that that day knowing, okay, I've got it, you know. And again, I didn't jump right into writing when I got back because life happens, right? Right, um, three kids and, and logistics. <laughs> like I did, do I go traditional publishing? Do I go self publishing? What what do I want to do there? Um, and so all these logistic things that I I hate, and that's what I think a lot where I, a lot of authors don't get books out. Why a lot of storytellers don't tell their story 
because there's a lot of headaches that come with doing that, right? Not traditional publishers don't want everybody, right? And traditional publishers may want to edit it the way they want it to be edited, right? Uh, self-publishing is hard. Self-publishing is expensive. There's a lot of things that go along with that. So um, that being said, having you know this this business partner come aside come beside me and say, hey, I'll handle all the stuff. You just write. Let's get this done. And um, and it was just perfect timing. I had, I had exited a business. Um, I did for the first time in my life. I didn't really even have a job. The kids were back in school, and I had this time where I'm like, okay, I have a moment where I can do it. Go do it. And a lot of the words were already there, Jill, as you know. Like do my social posts and things like that. I would pull that and expand on it and write a write a chapter, right? Um, and so the words were there. I just had to make them a book, and um, and and that's what we've done. It's one of those reminders that it's okay to ask for help. And that is in all areas of life. And and I feel you on the whole logistics side of things. There's a million different ideas that I have. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know this. And, and then I hate doing research. So I'm like, I don't want to yeah. research how to do this. But sometimes when something is put in front of you, that is like, hello, help is here. Take it. You got to just do it. And, and that's with everything. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I had a hard time. Um, I had a hard time accepting help. Again, another thing Rachel wrote in her eight things was like, you have got to accept help. <laughs> you have got to let people in because I had such a hard time with that. Um, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want people to think I needed a casserole. By the way, I don't like casseroles. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I didn't want people to to feel sorry for us, I think was the thing. Like I knew I could do it, but you know what? I can't, like, there's no way I could do it without my village and my people. And, um, and I'm just so grateful again, that they continue to show up, but it took a lot. I don't know if it's pride, Jill. I don't know what it was. Um, but it took a lot for me to allow people in. And I'm glad Rachel again said, no, you're not good enough at this, at life to not need help. You need help. And, um, that was another reminder that, um, she was right. And I do. And I always will need help. Uh, we all do. Totally. Always. Um, you know, when you said the the thing about being in the RV and if you didn't think that that was a God thing, then yeah. Well, like, I, I wanted to yell that out when you were talking. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, God, what you know exactly what you're doing. Um, I'm trying to channel the joy that you have for life and your kids and what you are doing now. Um, and, and I'm bringing that up because I, I do want to kind of laugh a little bit because when, <laughs> when I saw this, I immediately thought of my husband. So here's what's so fun about your book with just you, you are telling these stories, these stories that relate so well and the puke. Oh my gosh. Let me just, (laughs) I'm going to read this part. You say, if I see puke or even hear puke, I puke. No question about it. And there is simply no way to avoid it. I wish I wasn't like this. I hate that puke is my biggest fear in life. Most of you all probably fear public speaking or death, but not me. I fear puke. This causes a huge problem when the kids are sick, sick because I care about them so much and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to care for them until puke happens. And then you say, man, I'm glad God made mommies, not just for times of puke, but in all the other times too. 
That being said, when puke happens, I do find myself being extra thankful to the big guy for making mommies the way he did. I, I laugh because I remember one time our oldest one at one point. Oh, I don't know. She's maybe a two or so. She in the middle of the night, she's crying. I went and got her and she I, like I knew she did something, but I didn't know really what it was. I thought maybe she like spit up a little bit on me. And then we go in the bathroom and she's crying and she pukes all over me. And I grab my husband and <laughs> and like I think she had green beans or whatever. And he comes in. I'm like, I need your help. She's I think she has a stomach flu. She's puking all over. And he's in there gagging. And he's like, I can't do this. I go, I have freaking puke all over me and you're gag and we like can laugh about it now but at the time it was not funny as I'm the one that always gets puked on and he's doing the like you're not even doing anything so thank you for sharing that yes there is a special uh thing for mommies and the way God made us but um it's those things. It's those things that we can relate to in this book that I absolutely love. Yeah, you're so right. And and again, this this goes back to, um, you know, being a noticer. Like, um, you know, like you said, you and your husband can laugh about that today. But, um, <laughs> but he also knows next time puke happens, you're going to step up. You know, you're yeah. going to do it and you're going to handle it. And um, I think it's important for us to to make sure we notice what we have while we have it. Um, I don't know that I was a noticer until it was too late. Right. And, um, I noticed all the things Rachel did and all the things I took for granted, um, while she was here, because then I had to do them all and, um, everything from just the daily chores, dishes, laundry, laundry never stops. I had no idea. I had no idea. It's the worst. (laughs) Um, Grocery shopping, all, all the things that she did. And I never noticed, I knew they got done. But I didn't notice how much time all these things took. And yet she was still able to operate and do all the other things that life threw her way. Um, I, so I challenge all of y'all um, to just notice, man, look at your person, look at your people and see all that they do that you take for granted on a daily basis and just thank them and notice the things. Because when you don't have them anymore, I promise you're going to notice it and you're going to miss all the little things. And so um, I, I, whether it's puke, um, a couple, couple weeks after Rachel passed, there's, I have a chapter in the book about head lice, um, mm. because the kids got lice and COVID had just hit. And so no one wanted to see them. And so we have lice everywhere in our house. And it was the most and terrible experience um, as, a, as a father trying to figure out what to do because I had no idea because Rachel did lice. I don't do lice. Rachel did right. puke. I don't do puke. Rachel did lunches. I don't do lunch. Right. And so all these things that, ha- you know, that happen that I took for granted. And so I hope out of this book, people realize, man, I've got it. I've got it pretty dang good. And I need to be better at being grateful for all the things that I'm not good at that I don't do and puke being one of those things. And the thing is, I want to go to grace because I think sometimes for me, and this is just my personality, is I listen to you and I read this book and I'm like, I've got to change everything about me and I've got to read all these self-help books and I have to journal and I have to do that and I have to spend more time with my Bible. And what I'm learning is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like start giving yourself grace for the things that 
you know, you do accomplish or maybe you didn't do this one thing, but like you said, you noticed. And um, in that particular chapter that I just read from with the puke, here's what you do at the end of the chapters. You do the just do challenge, which Mm. we all need this. And you on that particular chapter with the challenge, you said time matters, all time matters. What small changes can you make in your schedule today to be there more? Not next week, not next month, not next quarter. Today, I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of playing busy more than my fair share of times. And I wanted to stop there because I just was reading um, a devotional about being busy and being hurried. And it is very easy to be very, very busy with all the things. And um, you also mentioned in that challenge, things like going through social media and YouTube and going down all these different rabbit holes. And sometimes you just got to stop and you just got to look. And that's the reminder I think we all need. Like, it's okay if you're not doing all the things. Nobody can do all the things. But when you stop and you read a book like Brandon's and you do that thing that day, you start to realize how it feels and then you just try to do better and you just keep going. That's it. This isn't about doing it perfectly. This isn't, none of us ever will. That's not what this is about. Um, But it's amazing what happens when you put the phone down and you spend 10 minutes with the kid who's asking you to play, um, throw the ball, shoot the hoop, whatever it may be. 10 minutes to a kid is an eternity. Yeah. You know, the call can wait. The webinar can wait. The the podcast can wait. Like life has to happen. You have to get your work done. I totally understand that. But um, I'll never regret putting it down, listening to them. You know, one of the things that Rachel always said was listen with your whole face, not the top of your head. Right. When you're scrolling through your phone, listen with your whole face. Yeah. So when your kids are talking to you or your, your spouse is talking to you, your coworker is talking to you, listen to them with your whole face. There's a big difference than, than, than not, not right. Just looking down at your phone or your computer, whatever it may be. And them seeing the top of your head. And so I've kind of put that practice into place that when I'm talking to anyone, my phone is down because it's so easy to, to kind of listen and kind of be there. Um, and, and so just these little practices that, that I put into place and I fail daily, please understand. I fail daily, but I also ask for grace and I ask for yeah. forgiveness and I ask for, you know, in, anytime I lose my patience with my kids, which happens more than it should, um, you know, there's, there's a conversation about it. Hey, you know, that, that, that shouldn't happen. And I'm really sorry, please, you know, please understand where I was coming from and please forgive me, whatever it may be. Um, and it's, it's amazing how that translates to them and how they then start to do that the same way. Cause our kids are going to watch us. Our spouse is going to watch us. Our friends are going to watch us and they're going to do, especially our children, they're going to do what we do good, bad, and ugly. And they're going to treat people the way we treat people good, bad, and ugly. And so we are a constant reminder to them of how to love and how to listen and how to show up or not how to love, how to listen or how to not show up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just my I am my kid's biggest example on a daily basis, and I don't want to screw this up, Jill. No, no, I feel you. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to ask about the kids and how they're doing. Um, it's got to be tough. I know that especially on Macklin, you you talked about 
how his relationship with Rachel, it's not that there's a difference between his sisters, mm-hmm. but you described it that, I mean, he was kind of like her bed buddy when she mm-hmm. was sick. And so can you talk to me about each of the kids and how they're doing and anything you want? I mean, tell me about them. I, I, I want, I feel like I know them. I want to know them a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, they're so cool. They're so much fun. Um, you know, we hear it all the time. Kids are resilient, but until you're around my kids, you don't realize how resilient they actually are. Um, but more than that, they're, they're so dang happy. Uh, I was at two of their uh, parent teacher conferences the other day and both of the teachers said, I've never met a happier kid from two different mm-hmm. of my kids. I didn't have a conference for my third one, so they may have said the same thing. I don't know, but it was just, <laughs> such a cool thing for me to hear like they're always smiling they're always happy they're always kind to people and I'm like man like I I don't care about their grades one I I could not care less what they bring home on their report card but when I get those kind of reports you know we're doing something right and when I say we're this is not me this is my entire crew my people my village my tribe Rachel what she instilled in them uh, yeah, Macklin was Macklin was mama's boy. Um, all Macklin knew um, for most of his life was Rachel being sick. And so a lot of that meant time on the bathroom floor, eating her ice chips or, or whatever it may have been. And he just knew what she needed. And for a four-year-old boy to show up for his mommy that way, um, gosh, man, I, I, I want to love more like Macklin does. It was just, it was just awesome. And, and, you know, so he's, you know, we're next year, I guess two years from now, he'll, he'll have lived more life without his mommy than he did with his mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about Rachel daily all the time. It's constant. And a lot of it is my failures because mommy cooked better than you, or mommy did this better than you. <laughs> mommy did, you know, and it's so like, I'm reminded daily, trust me. But, um, but man, he's, um, he's just such a, good, happy, stable, fun, funny boy. Um, and, um, grace, I mean, I, I, it has nothing to do with me. It's, it's God is so good and continues to mold that boy into something so special. And Cooper, my middle, my middle girl, she's my beautiful mess. Um, she (laughs) says what's on her mind all the time, (laughs) lets you know, and is very open about it. She is her mommy. She's feisty and funny and, um, dances through life. Like you wouldn't believe, um, she got baptized yesterday, which was just a, a beautiful moment, um, for all of us, um, in, in true Cooper form, I think I wrote about it. Um, but we were in the Wendy's drive through and she said, daddy, I want a cheeseburger and I want to be baptized. That's all <laughs> she told me. And so, um, she says what's on her mind and that's what was on her mind then. So we got to talk about that and just the way people showed up yesterday for her and her, in her moment, um, just declaring to the world that, look, I love Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need help. Help me walk through this with, uh, you know, walk, walk through this uh, journey. And it was just a beautiful moment. And so I know Rachel was super proud of her coop um, yesterday and every day. And then Hadley, you know, Hadley's my oldest and um, had to, she felt like she had to grow up real fast. She felt like she had to be mommy. She felt like she had to take care of daddy. Um, and she's done such a good job with it. But I, I have to remind her all the time that I need her to be a kid. You don't get to be a kid that long. Uh, I appreciate her. She's a rule follower. She's responsible. She um, she cares so deeply for people. She wants nobody to hurt. And she'll do anything she can to make sure that we don't. Um, and, and my biggest prayer for her is, man, just let her be a kid. 
because you know she's 11 years old now and she only has a few more years of being a kid and i just yeah. want her to be able to enjoy those years but um she's just a caretaker and she just wants to make sure all those around her are okay even if it means she's not and so um just three very different personalities um all with the best qualities their mommy had and um i'm just man i'm just so Every day is an adventure and every day is so much fun. And I have, they bring me so much dang joy. Um, and I'm just so, I'm so proud of them. I mean, I held it together for quite a long time. <laughs> and then you just, you describing those kids. <clears throat> because as a parent, yeah. Um, I just, I don't have the words. I just, I know Rachel's still with them, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the kids. And so I will pray for them and continue to, and it's just, I think I said this to you in our, in our last episode that I wish I could have met Rachel. And I think you, you've even said that, like so many people have said that to you and, but I feel the way that you talk about her. I, I feel her. And, and I remember you telling me that, you know, love like Rachel, that's what you would say. And I would write that down everywhere. And boy, I, I don't know her at all, but I feel like I, I know her a lot. And that's what's really cool. And I am so appreciative of you sharing her story and the kid's story and your story and being vulnerable. And I would love to tell people to go get Just Do by Brandon Janice. You can get it at Amazon and you have your own personal website. Where else can people go get it? Yeah, it's at brandonjanice.com. And Jill, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, it, that's that's the reason the book was written. Like this is, this is the story of us, but it's the story of Rachel and the way she lived and loved and taught. And, um, so I, even the last section of the book, I call it the the 39, which was the last 39 nights we spent in the hospital. And I invite you into being there and, and seeing those, um, those conversations, like you're sitting at the edge of the bed, like I was and getting to, getting to learn from her. And, um, in those final days. And, um, I, I hope it does her justice. That's, that's the reason it was done. Um, and I hope it causes us to, to do. And that's something Rachel always, always said, you know, it's, it's, it's just stop thinking about it. Stop. Sometimes stop praying about it. Just go do it. Just go do it. And, um, you know, show up for people. There's, there's no, with looking for nothing in return, I think is the important, important thing. You're not doing it because, for your intentions. You're doing it for that person. You're doing it for someone else. Um, and um, sometimes you're not going to get the thank you you think you need, or sometimes you're not going to get the hug because they're not able to get out of bed, or sometimes you're not going to get what you wanted out of it. But the thing is you did. And never in your life will you regret uh, showing up and doing. And so um, that's how she lived her whole life. And I hope this book causes us to do a little bit more of that. It is definitely a perspective that everyone needs to witness. And I am just so thankful for you, Brandon. I am going to keep inviting you back and maybe there's going to be a sequel. Just do too. <laughs> Who knows? I it. Yes. I would love to come back. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you. Anytime anyone will, will, will share more of Rachel's story. 
um, I'm going to say yes. And, um, and so thank you for allowing me to talk about her. It's, it's my favorite thing to talk about that and being a dad to those three little ones. And so, um, I appreciate you and, um, and can't wait to do this again sometime. I know we're not done with Brandon. How can we be? We will definitely have him back on this podcast. There's so much knowledge and insight that he can provide. And I just continue to look forward to tapping into that. So when he's back, I will definitely let you know. But in the meantime, I would just like to kind of second what he has said and just do whatever that is for you. If it's making sure that your phone is not on during the dinner time or whether that's going outside and playing for 10 minutes a day or whether that's a self-care of taking a walk for yourself for 30 minutes, just do. Don't think that you have to do everything at once. Just start small and just do. Uh, We don't want to miss out. And I know that I'm the <laughs> the biggest person that's a huge work in progress on all of this. So I love these reminders that I have every time I look at Brandon's book, every time I listen to him speak. And as I mentioned, all of this information will be on the normalgoesalongway.com website including how you can get a hold of any of us, including where you can find us on social media, but please just do.